making our uh, way through uh, the book of Colossians. And we uh, began um, the first week and looked at how to uh, become a saint and a faithful brother. Then last week we looked at uh, Paul's prayer for the church. So I want to pick up reading and uh, verse number 12 and uh, read down through verse number 17. Colossians verse, chapter number 1. Verse number 12, the Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And Paul is writing to again to the church of Colossae under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He, in verse number 12 down through verse number 17, he begins to list some things that that are in his heart that he's thankful for. So I want us just to consider just for a moment, I want you to ask yourself this question, when's the last time that you thank the Lord for spiritual things? A lot of times we are uh, very quick to um, uh, ask the Lord for things, and then uh, a lot of times we then forget to thank Him for when He does do uh, what we've asked Him to do. And we find throughout the, the New Testament, the Bible teaches us that, that a person that is filled with the Spirit of God is a thankful person. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see that because as Christians we get so accustomed to God answering our prayers that, that we have gotten to the place to where we expect it instead of being thankful for it. And there again, numerous places in the Old Testament and the New, the Bible uh, repeatedly reminds us of the importance uh, of giving thanks to the Lord. Uh, Psalm 50 verse number 14 says, Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. Uh, Psalm 107 verse number 21 and 22 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness uh, and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving uh, and declare His works with rejoicing. Hebrews 13, verse number 15 makes, says this, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanksgiving uh, uh, to His name. So there again, we find that thanksgiving should be something that saturates our prayers. It is something that should saturate our songs and and it is that we're to be a very we're to be a thankful people, and so it should be something that is not taken lightly for us. Is when we begin to pray, is to 
establish thanksgiving in our heart because of what God has done. And now, there again is not only, a lot of times we, we thank the Lord for physical things and oftentimes forget about spiritual things. And, and so I am thankful that the Lord gives us food and we have clothes on our back and a roof over our head and shoes on our feet and thank God for those physical blessings. Uh, but Paul, as he is under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, uh, uh, looks beyond the physical part of the ram and goes into thanking the Lord for spiritual blessings. And so that's what I want to look at this morning is some things uh, that Paul was thankful for that we see in our text. Now there again in verse number, verse number 12, notice what he says, giving thanks unto the Father. And so we see that this, this word the Father emphasizes uh, uh, the, the personal relationship that is between us and the Lord, that is between us and God. Uh, this is who has done um, all these things that we'll see through the finished work of Christ. So he makes this statement, he says, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers. This word meet means to enable, it means to qualify, it means to fit. And so as we look at this, we notice a few things on who we were before God has made us meet to be partakers. And so we see in Ephesians chapter number 2, Verse number 1 through 3, the Bible says this, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now among also whom we have all had our conversations in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, uh, even as others. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 12 says this, that at the time you were without Christ, uh, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, uh, and without God uh, in the world. And so we see before that God has made us meet, before God has made us uh, available to to, to uh, partake in this inheritance, uh, we see before that we were not involved in this inheritance. We had no right to it. We were lost. Obviously we were lost and undone. We were not headed for heaven, but rather we were headed to hell. Ephesians uh, chapter number 2 makes this statement. He says, you were dead in trespasses uh, and sins. Uh, and so we find that this before God has has come into our life uh, and made us, uh, made us meet for this, uh, we find our deadness. Uh, but notice what he says after this. Uh, he says, giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us meet to be partakers uh, of the inheritance uh, of the saints of life. So what, what is this inheritance? I believe this inheritance is that of, uh, of, the, of salvation by grace through faith. And we then we then we realize that after a person is saved, uh, they not only they not only have uh, uh, Christ as their Savior, uh, but they become joint heirs with Christ. Uh, that we have an inheritance uh, uh, that is awaiting us, uh, not on this side, uh, but on the other side. Uh, and so we see that first one of the first things that Paul is thanking God for 
is that of succession. We find that he is thankful that one of these days uh, uh, he knew within his heart that when he left this this morning for the Christian, uh, this is the worst world that you and I will ever live in. That the best is still yet to come. But for those that do not know Christ and have never accepted Christ as their personal Savior, uh, sadly, uh, this is the best that they will ever have. And so we see that Paul is thankful for that God has made, the, made him uh, uh, to be able to partake uh, in this inheritance. Now there again, there's nothing that you and I are, can do or be able to do uh, to be able to make ourselves uh, good enough or to make ourselves uh, worthy enough to be, in, to be involved in this. Uh, but it has to come from God Himself. Jesus makes this statement. He says, No man cometh unto the Father except he draw, the Father draweth him. So we find that it is completely everything of God that has made us to be able to partake of this inheritance. So number one, Paul is thankful for the succession that, that is found in Christ Jesus. But then he goes on from that. He does not only thank God for the succession, but then in verse number 13 he, he makes this statement. He said, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. So we not only see that of succession, but we see that of salvage. We find that the word delivered here, it means to rescue. And so God has... Uh, delivered us from the power of darkness by drawing us unto Himself. Uh, now there again, this is not something that happens uh, over time, but it is something that happens uh, immediately. It is something uh, uh, that once a person trusts Christ, uh, they, are, they are immediately delivered uh, from the power of darkness. Uh, at the very moment that a person is saved, it is not that they are being saved. It is not that they are um, they're working on being saved, but it is the very moment that they put their faith and trust in Christ, uh, the change of kingdom. It's a kingdom that in that in the people. It it is it is this this uh, uh, seems like every day as the world progresses, we see and even easy for us that have have trusted Christ as our Savior to become again enslaved in sin, in the bondage of sin. And so it is important for us to, uh, to always remember that God, God has delivered us from this, uh, and so we should do our dead level best uh, to keep ourselves from going back in uh, uh, to that word translated. It means to, it means to transfer. And so we have looked at this power It is the enslaving power of the devil. And, and uh, man, isn't it amazing how good the devil is uh, at enslaving people. It is, it is amazing to a lot of times that um, I, can, I can remember an a individual that uh, um, I, I have known near about all my life. Uh, 
many years ago was teaching Sunday school and made the statement about uh, a, a certain sin and he said, one thing is for sure, the devil will never be able to enslave me with this certain sin. Now I remember as a young child hearing that and, and um, then years later coming to find out that that sin which he said the devil would never be able to enslave him with uh, is the exact sin that the devil enslaved him with. It was as almost if, if maybe the devil took it as a challenge. And, and, and what may push your buttons this morning may not bother me. What draws us uh, uh, to sin. And so we find it far exceeds that of just um, of happenstance. Uh, but there again is a kingdom that is controlled uh, and that is ruled uh, by the prince of darkness, the devil himself. statement that we are delivered from this power of darkness and obviously there's only one or two kingdoms there's the kingdom of the devil and there's the kingdom of God so if a person is delivered translation trans, uh, translated means to transfer God has delivered us from this power of Satan and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son we find that this this from that which we have been delivered of. Now here, here's, here's a problem that a lot of people uh, just uh, seem like today in our day and age uh, just can't quite, to get, quite get a grasp from. If, if we were delivered from the power of darkness uh, and has, have been translated into uh, the kingdom of God's Son, uh, why do we think that we can still live under the power of darkness but, but be in the kingdom of God's Son? They're um, falling into sin, I understand that. I'm not talking about something, a person slips up. I'm not talking about a person uh, makes a mistake. A person uh, that has never... Uh, one time they, they say they got saved, but they have no conviction of what they're doing is wrong. They can live day in and day out in sin. They have no problem with it. They see no issue with it. They're never chastised from it. God never deals with them. The chances are of them actually being translated out of one kingdom to another is very slim. And I want you to notice what Romans chapter number 14, verse number 7. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if you think about darkness, you think of depression. Why? Arca earlier, statistically speaking, because people get depressed. People get caught. People get it gets colder. People are stuck inside more. That they 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 are they get depressed because of the 
the darkness. I, I remember when, when I, I was in the hospital with COVID, I, I, told, I told KK after I got out, I said, I don't think it was COVID killing all these people. I think it was depression from being stuck in a, in a little old two-by-two two room. I mean, they just got to, you get to the place to where darkness depresses you. And so when you think about darkness, you think of depression, you think of loneliness, you think of, of sadness, you, see, you think of somebody almost like the old cartoon, you think of Eeyore walking around with a dark cloud over his head, uh, uh, holding, it, uh, holding his... When you think about the kingdom of darkness, there's nothing to rejoice in, there's nothing to be thankful in, there's nothing to be excited about. But because God has transferred us from that kingdom of darkness and, into, and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, uh, the, the Bible says that this, this kingdom is not in meat and drink, uh, but it is in righteousness. So that word righteousness just means right doing. It is in that of peace. It's in that of joy of the Holy Ghost. So, so why do we have so many people who claim to be transferred from the power of darkness to the kingdom of God's Son, but there's no righteousness, there's no peace, and there's no joy? I mean, you can... Why is it that we're the most, seemingly, Christians are the most miserable bound by the kingdom of darkness? In John chapter number 18, verse number 36 and 37 says this, Jesus answered says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants, uh, would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I unto the world, that I should hear the that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. No wonder the Bible would constantly refer to us as believers not to be not to be be part of. world to come no because the kingdom of God is not of the world but yet we so oftentimes find ourselves in that position in that predicament so Paul Paul is reminding reminding the believers at Colossae to and he is recalling of the things that he's thankful for he says that is to come but not only do I have do I have an inheritance that is delivered, I have been separated from, or I have been salvaged from the kingdom of darkness, and now I am now living in the kingdom of God's dear Son. So notice we find. That of, of, of succession in verse number 12, we find that of 13 through 15. He says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. We find there that the, the word redemption, it means to set for, to be 
to set free an enslaved people for Jesus Christ. There again in verse number 14, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Isn't it amazing how many false doctrines could be, could be settled if people would just read their Bible? It's not whom we have redemption through our works. Not in whom we have redemption through our good deeds. But redemption comes from His blood and His blood alone. And so we find that He's thankful for succession. We find that He's thankful for that of the salvaging. But we find in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. We find that it was not our works, it was not our good deeds, it was not... that has that has paid the price for us to be delivered out of slavery, but it was the precious blood of Christ that was shed on the to us. We find because of the blood of the Lord Jesus. 8, verse number 36 says this, to the Son there. goes without saying a logical thinking because we are saved we should sin less he has bought us with his blood so we see that of verse number 14 we see the see the work of redemption but then also he makes this statement, he says, even the forgiveness of sins. Now I think it's very important that he, write, that he puts these two together. Redemption is freeing a slave, but forgiveness counsels out the debt. So we find not only are we bought back, but because of the blood of Christ, our debt has been canceled. And it's not because it's just done away with, it was because it was settled at Calvary. So we find that forgiveness is a result of redemption. It refers to pardon, it refers to a remission of us an inheritance. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Uh, thus, uh, thus uh, uh, translating us into the kingdom of His Son. So we not only see that of, uh, uh, that of the succession, that of the salvaging, and that of, uh, that of the sparing, but He, he also makes uh, mention, verse number se- 16, verse number 17, He's thankful for the supremeness of Christ invisible, whether they be thrones or, prince, or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him, or all things were created by Him and for Him. We see in verse number 16 that He's thankful that He is the Creator. You know, there's a lot of, lot of things in this world that is, you know, there's, what is it, the seven wonders of the world people oftentimes... And talk about and I want you to think of all the beautiful sights this world has to offer all of them are, are un- 
people will fly and travel around the world to see are a result of sin. God created, created the world. And then all the things that we have seen now has been, has been made after all of that. It's all, us all sin cursed. But yet it's beautiful. Can you imagine? I mean, if all the beautiful things that we see have, is under the curse of sin, man, what will heaven be like? And so things were made for him. And so, so not only, there again, he, dealing by him, that, that tells of his power. But that, that for him deals uh, with his, his position. By him deals with power. He did all that by his power, but for him deals with his position in reason because they are made for him, meaning close enough when the wind rips the Lord. Because all things were made for him. If you could hear the if you could hear, listen close enough in the thunder and the flashing of lightning, it would probably... If you could, if you could hear close enough the whistle of the birds, each one of them would probably say, Praise the Lord. Why? Because they were all made for Him. What, what were they made for Him to do? To bring Him glory. Yet here we are, so oftentimes sitting on the premises and we can't even give a holy grunt to the glory of God. Yet every time the wind blows, it speaks of His glory. Every time a bird sings, it sings of His glory. Never say anything of for His glory. By Him speaks of His power. For Him speaks that of His prestige. But then He makes a statement in verse number 17. He And He is before all things. Meaning this, He didn't just start in Bethlehem's manger. John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word, Word, Word was God, and the Word was with God. And all things were, he is before all things. Notice this, and by him all things. And the idea of glory. It's going to burn up. Well, I got, good, I got news for him. No matter how good you take care of it, one of these days it's going to burn up. God said it would. And you know, why, you know why the reason why the earth has never been knocked off its axis? Because by Him all things consist. You know the reason why the world hasn't stopped spinning or an asteroid hasn't come and destroyed the earth? It's just simple because by Him all things consist. You and I don't have to worry about 
anything happening in this world that he's not ready for it to happen. Things to set together. Is anything that's out of his control. And so oftentimes we forget that there again, that by him all things consist. Song leader musicians come on. I ask you this morning, when's the last time you just found find you a time to pray and just thank the Lord for spiritual blessings? I know a lot of times when we pray, we say, Lord, thank you for saving me. And and and, and that's wonderful. That's that's one of the things that Paul thanked, thanked the Lord for for his salvation. But I think sometimes the reason we're so content with this world here is because we, we have stopped thanking Him for the world that is to come. When's the last time you just, you just said, thank the Lord, for thank you God that I'm going to heaven. Isn't it amazing that when everything's going wonderful and everything's going grand, Heaven is almost like something that is a myth. It's almost something that is out of our mind. But you let things start happening that's bad, what do we start doing? Start going to church and we start thinking, man, I just can't wait for heaven. I just can't, I'm, I'm so ready to go to heaven. You wasn't ready to go to heaven when everything was good. Right? We wait to, we wait to get excited about heaven when things are bad. That ought not be the case. We wait, we wait to get excited about heaven when somebody dies or somebody gets a terminal, terminal illness. But yet, there ought not Bad things ought not have to happen for us to be thankful for the promise of heaven. And I think if we could just take just a, just a second glimpse of, I don't even know we'd have to see what's going on in heaven. If we could just hear what's going on in heaven, we'd, so when's the last time you just thank the Lord for the promise of heaven? Not because something's bad going on, but just because you know that is going to be one day your heavenly home. There again, thank the Lord that we thank God for saving It gets cold in our prayers just thanking God for salvation. But thank God for the promise of heaven. Only only bondage sin has over us is that which we give it. We have been made free. Jesus made, our, the Bible says this in, in the book of 1 John chapter number 2. My little children, I write these things unto you that you sin not. But if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus. Meaning we've been delivered. We can live above. 
I'm not saying they're again sinless, but I'm talking about the bondage of sin. Being bound by it, being enslaved to it. It being a lifestyle. Then, that of that. When's the last time you just thanked the Lord for everything that's going on? God's in control. Everything's going on in America. You think that took God by surprise? Oh, no. Off guard? No, not at all. God's the one orchestrating all these moving pieces. And you know what it's all lining up to? It's coming. So oftentimes we find ourselves fretting. He's in control of it. Because by Him all things consist. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. God, I pray you'd help us. God, thank you for just being so good to us in the realms of spirituality. God, there's not a one person in here that can't say that you hadn't been good to them physically. Or there's not a person here that couldn't say you've been good to hadn't been good to us spiritually. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us in this invitation to be mindful not only of the physical blessings that you give us, but those of the spiritual blessings. God, in this week, help us to be mindful of them. Help us to always give you thanks for them. Lord, if there's one here that does not know Christ, I pray that the Spirit of God would show them their lost condition. Thank you again, Lord, and be this an invitation. It's in your precious Son's name I pray. As we stand, Brother Mark, sing.